0: Good morning, good morning, Open Door. It's Caleb Lynch back with you. Happy Sunday, happy Palm Sunday. And uh, gosh, looking forward to being with you in this time. Uh, I miss you guys like crazy. It's killing me, killing me, killing me. Uh, I hope you guys are all holding up well. I love you. And um, yeah, we got a lot this morning. And yes, Brandon LaTarte, this is a real cup of coffee. Can you see the steam coming off of it? I got some grief from my boy Brandon Latart last week because he said, I had the coffee here and I never drank it, and was it just a prop or was it real? Was there actually anything in it? Real and a necessity to get through the critique of my favorite people. So, um, yeah, let's, let's jump into it. We've got some really fun stuff that's happening this week that I want to include you in on, uh, I want you to be a part of. The first thing, uh, Lisa Poppin, our children's pastor, created this plan for our whole church, and we want to invite you to be a part of it. So here's what it is. We are going to paint little rocks. So go get like a little river rock, a little smooth river rock. If you don't have one, steal it from someone else's house in their front yard. You're doing the work of the Lord, so it's, it's fine to steal. Um, but here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna paint on it and you're maybe gonna put a verse on it or something that God's teaching you or something that's in relation to Easter, whatever it is, uh, paint on it. And then we're gonna go and we're gonna line them up on the wall of the kind of the western side of our property, that one that runs along 19th Avenue, that little like uh, maybe three feet tall brick wall. We're just gonna put them side by side there. And so you have the entire week from now until uh, Easter Sunday uh, to go and do that. So get your kids, get your family. This is for everyone, this isn't just for kiddos. Uh, We all wanna be an encouragement to this neighborhood and to each other, and this is just a great way for us to do that. So um, hopefully someone steals a few and is encouraged by it as they're walking by, who knows what'll happen. but. Um, We're excited about it. So please join us in that next thing. We want you to know about is uh, Friday night. We are going to have a good Friday service It will be at 7 p.m.. And you will you will stream it live just like you're doing right now Um, So just be prepared for that 7 p.m.. Friday night. We're really looking forward to being with you. This would even be a great opportunity if you have friends that are normally not a part of the Open Door Fellowship family community, but they want to tune in and be a part of what we're doing. This would be a great opportunity for them to join in. So seven o'clock Friday night. Can't wait to be there with you. We are going to do Easter, um, but we're going to do it a little different this year. Uh, normally, if, if you've been a part of Open Door Fellowship for any portion of our history, I think for a long time, we have done baptisms on Easter Sunday. Um, and that's just what we do. And it is maybe our most favorite day of the year. And it's the thing I'm probably the saddest about um, that we're missing out on. And so we will do baptisms. We'll do them when we get back together. Um, so hope it's my hope that it's one of the very first things that we do when They give us the green light to to gather again, um, and we're gonna just have a party that day. So (laughs) whenever they let those doors be open again, um, we're gonna party together, bring your party hats, and it's gonna be a blowout. So that's when we'll do baptisms. um, But we still do want, on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday, we still wanna hear testimony. um, Testimony of how God is working in you. And so, we believe that the power of the resurrection, that resurrection power, is still moving and shaping hearts and souls, and um, we want to hear about it. We want to be encouraged by it. Uh, we think it was the most significant moment in history, and uh, we want to hear how it is still shaping your lives. So. If you feel like God's doing a mighty work in your heart right now, if you feel like he's teaching you something, if this pause, this moment of pause has, has shifted your heart in any specific way, um, tweaked your rhythms, whatever it is, we, we would love to hear from you. So here's what I want you to do. You're gonna email caleb.lynch at odfchurch.org and mike.quinn at odfchurch.org and you're gonna, you're gonna send us an email. And just say, hey, I'd love to do my testimony next Sunday on Easter, and we'll connect with you. We'll teach you what to do and record a video and all that kind of stuff. But don't, no need to send us a video right away. Just email us with your desire to be a part of that, and we want to figure out a way to include you in that. So we, don't, we, we do only have uh, space for a, a few, um, but we still definitely uh, want you to be a part of that. I'll still prepare a message that Sunday, uh, but it's going to be a beautiful morning. So please join us on Easter morning, same time, 10 a.m., just like we're doing right now. Final thing, this Sunday, uh, the, the message that I've prepared uh, is gonna be built around this idea of prayer. Um, remember, we, we're in this season of pause. The first week was about being present. The next week was about fixing our eyes on Jesus. This week, we're gonna talk about prayer. What does it look like to call on the name of the Lord? And um, we, we think that uh, as, as this gets done and as we flow into our weeks in front of us, especially because we don't know what's in front of us, um, what, a, what a phenomenal opportunity for us to be unified as a church together in prayer. So we're going to roll out a prayer calendar, a prayer schedule, and each day is going to have a real specific uh, area that we're praying for, thing that we're praying for, thing that we're calling on the Lord to bring his guidance and his care to. And we want to do it together as, as a unified front. And so please join us. Take small chunks of your day uh, to, to be praying. Uh, for those specific things. And we'll, we'll roll that schedule out on social media. So be looking for it. We'll try to get it out um, by, by Monday. Um, so we're looking forward to that and um, looking forward to what God is continuing to do even as we're, we're having to hang out in our homes. So cool. You guys with me? You ready to roll? I actually have some things to say today and I'm feeling good about them. So um, let me take one more sip just so people know this is legitimate. Um, my hair is getting legitimate too. My wife said, "You got one more week, and then we got to find a haircut somehow." So that's a—it's just something you need to be aware of. Um, prayer is uh, one of those things that uh, there are many in the movement of God that believe that um, why should we pray if if God's in charge, if He's the big dude in charge? if he knows the beginning from the end, uh, if, he, if he sees it all as one big picture, if he is the Alpha and the Omega, why in the world should we waste our time praying to him? What difference is it gonna make? And um, I don't believe that to be true. I believe that throughout uh, the course of human history, we have seen uh, a ton of recorded accounts where a group of individuals or individual people called on the name of God and human history was altered, shifted, whatever you wanna say, um, it, it moved God. And I don't know how it works. I, I, don't, I don't think there is a rhythm to it. I don't think there is a formula or a system. Um, I don't know why there are times where people are in deep crisis and deep need and it doesn't seem like prayer works. And there are times where it seems like something really small and prayer works in mighty ways. I, I don't know why there are groups of people that gather and assemble and call on the name of the Lord with great fervency. And it feels like miracles upon miracles upon miracles are showing up. And, and seemingly similar groups doing the exact same thing and very little happens. I, I don't know how it works. I won't, I won't even begin Uh, To try to pretend that I know how it works, but what I do know is that it's real And then what I do know is for whatever reason the God of the universe has allowed the free will of man to actually Release the purposes and power of God through prayer I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in recorded history I've heard about it from those dearest to me. Um, it's real. And for whatever reason, God has included us in, the, in on the journey, in on his power, and um, we get to play a part in it. So I want to talk a little bit about it. Um, I, I believe that he has wired human beings from the very beginning with this innate desire to call upon God. Uh, there's there's, there's that, that saying that There are no atheists in crashing planes and in foxholes in war. Um, For some reason in the midst of our deepest crisis, no matter what, uh, no matter what you believe about God, no matter what religion you seem to fall under, there is this immediate calling upon something that is bigger and greater than ourselves. it's even been said and recorded that many missionaries um, would go into places where uh, deep, dark jungles, uh, where, where uh, tribes of people that had never been reached before by other groups or by any other any other group of people, and had no formal understanding of religion or deity or anything of that matter, and they would find them praying. Uh, they would find them calling out to something bigger than themselves. And I believe it is something that God has set on the hearts of all human beings. I believe it's part of the human condition that we would long and cry out to one that is greater than us. Like in the back of our mind, we have always, all of us, every single one of us, has known that there was something out there bigger than us. Um, I, wanna, I wanna make sure though, that as we're getting into this conversation, that we, we pause for a moment to remember what the purpose is. I believe the original design of prayer um, was for the purpose of being in the presence of God, being with him, being close with him. The word that gets thrown around in Christian circles all the time is the word intimacy. Uh, I, I, I take it or leave it, but it, it's a great picture of that closeness that bond, that closeness with God. And I believe that was the original design of prayer. Uh, I I believe prayer was not originally designed for us to be calling on a genie that would answer our requests. Uh, I think if we look at the very beginning in in Genesis, we see Adam and Eve, and every single night, they went on a walk with God and strolled the garden together, said in the cool of the evening, and they would just talk to him. And here's the crazy thing about that. I was thinking about it. They, they never, um, there were, at that time, there was no pain. There was no fear. There was no angst. There was no addiction. There was no abuse. There was no disease. There was no viruses. There was no floods or hurricanes or earthquakes or tsunamis. There was none of it. And yet they seemed to have plenty to talk about every single evening of the day. I wonder what that was like. There is also a time uh, that we have been given insight to in the book of Revelation where it says that when we show up to heaven, that Jesus will actually wipe the tears out of our eyes and that there will be no more mourning, there will be no more pain. Um, And yet we will spend eternity in communion with God, communicating, worshiping, praising God. I wonder what that will be like. I know for me, most of my prayer oftentimes looks like me calling on God for help. And I believe the original design of prayer was just to be close to Him. I, I have this picture uh, in my life. I've actually never told this story to anyone. It, it felt kind of weird in the moment, and I didn't really know how to articulate it. And I didn't want to get checked into a mental institute. And so now that hospitals are all full, um, not a good joke. Uh, Now that I'm not fearful of you checking me into a hospital, um, I'll tell you the story. And so here's how it goes. I'm snowboarding one day and um, the forecast predicted just a dumping of snow. And so the mountain was empty. Uh, The people that I had gone on this ski trip with chose to stay in that day. And I went out by myself and so much snow. Uh, As you would ride the ski lift up, by the time you would get to the top, there was two to three inches of snow on the the ski lift next to you. And I'm riding the mountain and I'm having the best snowboarding day of my life. I'm in the woods, I'm skiing through the woods and there is not another track to be found. Um, It is beautiful. And at one point, uh, I get deep into the woods and I'm skiing and the snow seems to stop and the clouds seem to part and the Sun starts shining in right where I am and if you look to the left it's still socked in in snow and if you look to the right it's still dark and cloudy and stormy but for whatever reason right where I'm at um, the light is shining bright and the snow is glistening I don't know if you've ever seen uh, sunlight just hitting that snow it looks like it sparkles and I, I pause and I'm just like oh my gosh and then immediately in this moment my heart starts racing um, like like beating out of my chest and i am undone by the presence of the reality that like god's with me in this moment and 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 i get this conviction in my heart like he's going to speak to me right now it's like the clouds have opened up and the sun is <laughs> shining in and it's it's unbelievable when you're in when you're in socked in snow like that it's silent this the snow uh, dampens all other sounds so it's like eerily silent and I'm like oh my gosh God's gonna say like he's gonna give me some advice he's like the clouds have opened he's gonna speak to me and I'm like right, God I'm listening and he doesn't say anything and I'm kind of disappointed and I know in this moment. I'm like no that I'm feeling something that I've never felt and um, Finally I Feel like I hear him say I just wondered what you thought about the view And I I just start tearing up and it's like in this moment I realized he just wanted me to know that he was with me in my day and that he had planned this and and made this for me and um, I find myself thanking him for the view and thanking him for the day and worshiping him and uh, I wonder if that's what it looked like for Adam and Eve. I wonder if it's just this moment of, of them going, hey, thank you. Like, thank you. The, the zebra, like that was pretty cool how you did those lines. And the draft, the neck, at first I thought it was a little odd. Now that I see it, I think it's beautiful, Lord. Thank you. Like, I don't, I don't know if there is a more beautiful picture I have of what prayer maybe will look like someday than this picture of me saying, Hey, thanks for the view. Good job with the view. And um, weird story, I know. I'm sorry if it weirded you out, but it was a it was a beautiful moment for me and a great reminder that the goal of prayer is closeness. Is closeness with the Father. Um, but here's here's also the reality about prayer. Uh, and we see it in the in the character of Jesus that gets recorded in the Gospels. Um, he also. God also longs to hear our cries. He longs to have us come before him and ask and and, and lay our needs out there for him and say, hey, I, I need you right now. How many, how many stories do we see of Jesus where someone who's either blind or crippled or, or whatever else comes up to him? And essentially, it's like Jesus plays dumb. Like you see him and he goes, how can I help you? And they're going, can't see, blind, don't have any legs, help me, and he essentially, it seems like he waits for them to ask. He waits for them to say, if you can, and I know you can, you can make me see. And he says, you are healed, you can see. And it's like he, he waits for us to call on him, and, and I think that's one of the pieces of prayer. I think there's this beautiful models we see in scripture of what prayer looks like. We see Jesus several times, either whether he's praying himself or he's teaching the disciples how to pray. Uh, we see we see it in that story. I'm going to bring that story up again about Jehoshaphat in his prayer of how he called on the Lord. And remember last week we said how he finished his prayer is like, hey, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. And... Um, this model of prayer that we see and i just want to encourage us with this because i think there's such beauty in coming before the father this way i was actually taught this by uh, a guy named pete craig and he's the he's the guy that started 24 7 prayer it's a prayer movement Um, but he, he gosh he wrote a book a couple of years ago called dirty glory if you've got time which you have time buy the book and read it in fact better yet buy the audiobook and listen to him uh, read his own book because he's got an English accent and it's just, it's maybe the book that is shaping me the most right now. I love it. So anyways, he, he describes prayer in this way and he just uses the acronym prayer, uh, sorry, the acronym pray uh, to help us remember it. And I, and I think it's, it's kind of simple and cheesy, but here's what he says. He says the P um, stands for pause. When you're going to go to pray before God, just stop. Stop what you're doing. Stop the noise. Stop the chaos around you. Just pause. And then he says, R stands for this idea of rejoicing. Declare the goodness of God. Thank him. Think about how, how wonderful he is. And you see this. Like, like Jesus, even when, he, when he's praying, he says, the first thing he says is when, they, when the disciples ask, us, ask him, teach us how to pray, he goes, first thing you do is you say, hallowed be th- thy name. Right? And then the, the A. The A, uh, he describes it as that's the moment to ask. So you've slowed down. You've realized the presence of God, right? Then you've fixed your eyes on him. You're like, oh my gosh, he's unbelievable. And now we move into that asking, right? And that asking uh, is simply that. It's just that intercession. It's that petition. It's that calling on the name of the Lord and saying, hey, I, I, I actually need you in my life. I realize that you are bigger than I am. I realize that you contain more power than I have, and I need you. And then that why he describes as this idea of yielding. Um, Once you've made your requests known to the Lord, then you rest. You experience peace knowing full well that he's in charge and that he has a plan and that he heard your cries and that he actually cares. And um, that's what we see in that story of Jehoshaphat. So remember that story from last week. He, they got this big army coming. They don't know what to do. They're hopeless. And so he gathers all the people in the courtyard, and they just drop to their hands and knees, and they fix their eyes on him, and they call out on him. And he just drops one of the most epic prayers ever. Go read it. Um, but after he prays, I didn't tell you this part last week. I saved it for now because it's good. Um, after he prays, they assemble the army. And they, go, and they go to march into battle. They know God has heard their cries, and they're resting in it. And he sends this army out into battle. And listen to this. Listen how He how he assembles it. The front lines of the, of the battlefield, the front lines of his army, are all the worship leaders. So he grabs Caleb Smith and Matt Hoskins and Mike Quinn and Amy Quinn and whoever else I'm missing. I apologize. But he, he assembles the worship leaders, and he puts them on the front line, knowing full well that the god of the universe was listening he's so confident that they go into battle singing worship songs and as they come over the hill to where the other army is that they're about to fight this massive army well well bigger than theirs and ready to destroy them they come over the hill and the entire army is already wiped out already done for And it says, it records in scripture that they actually fought themselves. (laughs) Like they got to the front lines and got irritated with themselves and fought themselves. And um, what a, just a beautiful picture though of that coming before the father, pausing, slowing down, assembling and saying, all right, we're here. Then that, that picture of rejoicing and declaring the goodness of God, asking for his help and then resting in the outcome. Marching into battle, singing praises. Uh, I think it's beautiful. Um, I heard this actually recently. I was talking to someone about prayer, and they said it's kind of intimidating, right? Like you're talking to God, and you're asking Him to do something different than what He's doing, right? Like that feels like, gosh, this is this is super. I don't even know what I would say to Him. Like I, it feels it feels petty for me to even try to utter out. Uh, anything. It feels small. And, and I, I get that. Prayer feels weird sometimes. I, I could totally uh, hear that. And I just want to read a verse that, that so encourages me. Uh, this is Romans 8, 26 and 27. I'll read it to you in the ESV. Uh, this, is, this is verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Remember, you have the Spirit of God in you. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, I feel that way often. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. Isn't that cool? And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. There is this, there is this uh, intercession happening for you even even when you don't have words it's like you're just sitting there going ah I don't know what to do and for whatever reason the spirit of the Living God within you takes those groans and shares them with the God of the universe and he hears your cries we would be remiss, we would be um, in some ways wasting our conversation today if we did not point back to this reality that took place uh, thousands of years ago on this very day called Palm Sunday. The, maybe the greatest action of intercession in all of human history happened on this day. The Savior of the world, his name was Jesus Christ, heard the groans of humanity, and so he rode into town on a donkey into a town that he knew would mock him, into a town where he knew the religious leaders would arrest him, into a town where he knew the soldiers would beat him, into a town where he knew his best friends would betray him. Into a town where he knew he would be nailed to a cross and suffocate to death, into a town where he knew that he would be separated from the father and bear all wickedness, all evil on himself. And yet, I'm going to read you another verse. It's right before the verse we read. This is Romans 8.22. Romans 8, he heard these groans. Listen to this. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. So from, that's talking about from, from Eve until now. Remember the sin and it said, your, your, your penalty is, is pain in childbirth. From the pains of childbirth until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves, the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoptions as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we have been saved. You see, Jesus rode into that town, hopped on a donkey, Because he was interceding for the groans of humanity. Those groans that cried out for redemption. Those groans that cried out for restoration. He heard them. He heard your groans. He heard my groans well before we even showed up onto this planet. He heard them. And they were enough for him to choose to saddle up on a little colt and ride to his death. And I promise you this, if he hears the cries of your heart long before you even showed up onto the earth, I promise you he hears your cries now. I promise you he hears your groans now. Will you join me, Open Door Fellowship, in being still, in being present, in fixing our eyes on him, and then calling on his name. Would you join me in this time in calling out to the one who is able, the one who has all the power, the one who is love himself? Would you join me in calling on his name? Would you join me in prayer? Would you join me in interceding on behalf of humanity during this time of destruction and virus? I don't know what he has in front of us. I know he's there and we will fix our eyes on him and we will call on his name. And may you experience peace. May you experience rest. May you experience hope. But most of all, may you experience the presence of the Living God, the closeness, that Emmanuel that He promises. That is the gift of prayer and I, I pray from my heart that you would join me in it. I love you guys. I'm with you. I am standing with you. I am praying for you and would you join me in prayer. We're, we're now going to go into worship time with the Quins. Um, please grab some communion, whatever you got. Uh, We did, I think, uh, we did some cereal and milk one day, but grab what you have and let's go worship together. Let's go fall on our knees before the Father and let's take this communion in remembrance of um, this man named Jesus Christ who chose to bear all sin, to bear all darkness on our behalf because he heard your cries and he heard your groans deep within you before he ever showed up. Take it in remembrance. I love you guys. Have a phenomenal rest of your week. Um, have a great day. Love you.
1: Hey, We're gonna give you guys some space and time to do community together again as a family. And you're welcome to sing along with us.